Hi, and you're very welcome to episode nine of the Leitrim GAA podcast. It's been a busy week around the county with games aplenty in the club leagues. And I suppose all attention now turns to the championship. Championship games in inter-county sports are a little bit like buses. You wait all year for one and you get three on the one weekend, four in the week if you include the under-20 clash on Tuesday. I'm joined, as ever, by one of our panel of calls. This week it is Derek Keller. Derek, you're very welcome back to the, the co-hosting duties here on the show. Thanks, Breffney. Yeah, look, I'm delighted to be back again. It's uh, it's always a pleasure. Nice to uh, do a bit of advertising for what's going on within Leitrim GEA circles and the ladies. Um, look, I suppose to give a voice to, to to everybody, do you know that people that can't get to games can see what's going on and what it actually means to the people that are there, you know, so it's good. Yeah, it's been great as I made my way around grounds over the last few weeks. A lot of people kind of chipping in with the comments, uh, a lot of support out there, a lot of love for the show. So thank you all very, very much for that. Today, we're going to be joined by Leitrim manager Terry Highland ahead of that crunch Connacht Senior Championship semi-final against Mayo on Sunday in Castle Bar. A lot of people not giving us much hope for that game. We still hold out hope that things will go right for us on the day. We'll be talking to Terry about that later in the show. We'll also hear from Gary Reynolds, former Leitrim captain, about Carrie Gallon's Division 2 results so far in the Mayside Football League. Her was, of course, beaten at the weekend by a strong Keith and Higgins-inspired Mayo side. They do battle with Donegal this weekend in Park Sean McDermott. Unfortunately, same time as the ladies, 2pm on Saturday afternoon, Park Sean McDermott, the venue for that game. So plenty of talking points over the next hour or so as we deep dive into the world of Gaelic games here in the county. Derek, I suppose um, we're going to be talking about the club leagues later on with Gary in particular. We focused on uh, the clash between your club and his. Gortletra and Carrie Gallen shared the spoils in an entertaining and intense game on Saturday afternoon. We'll also have some highlights from that. I think it's important at this point that we do tell the clubs out there, if you are videoing your games and you'd like us to include uh, maybe some of the talker points, the goals, some outrageous points or whatever you feel uh, should be included in the discussion around the leagues, please get in touch. We'd love to have your footage. We've taken uh, Carrie Gallon's footage this week of their games and we'll be talking through some of those incidents both on the highlights and off the highlights uh, with uh, Gary later on in the show. But anyway, on with the show. Let's have a chat with Leitrim manager Terry Hyland. Of course, Sunday afternoon in McHale Park, all Leitrim eyes will be focused on Leitrim's clash with Mayo in the Connacht Championship semi-final. We're joined now by Terry Highland, Leitrim manager, uh, just a week before that particular game. Terry, you're very welcome back to the programme. Thank you. I suppose it's uh, it's been a strange kind of year. COVID affected the league results, probably not what we would have liked to have seen uh, a bit of a glimmer of hope maybe in those last uh, quarter or so of the match in Antrim. How are we fixed going into Sunday's game? Well, look, the lads are training well. Number-wise, we're probably not overly uh, fixed. You know, we were low in numbers. We picked up a few injuries. A few lads did leave the panel, probably felt that uh, once the club football started up, that they just wanted to get out to start playing football again. Uh, it, it's probably tough, to be fair, in the times as in it too, you know, for lads to stick out a championship that... After coming off a league, which I said before was basically a tournament, and you know what I mean, it's you know the preparation probably wasn't as 
the way we would like to go into, into a league campaign, we didn't get the time uh, to prepare properly and hence the results were, have shown on the back of that. And as the league went on, we improved. And, um, you know, lads are working hard, I'll have to say. Uh, you know, you, you know, you, we probably went through two or three weeks of hard training. You know, lads were getting a little bit sore because of that and a little bit mentally sore and physically sore. But they seem to be over that and in good form again. Yeah, that's, it's great to see, I uh, suppose, coming near the, uh, well, the week before the, the Mayo game. Uh, Mayo had, I suppose, they had a, they had a quite a comprehensive win against Sligo. And I know that um, like the lads would have been looking looking at that game uh, to, to get some positives that we could train on, I suppose, coming into the Mayo game. But look, at, I suppose, um, playing against um, Mayo, it's gonna, it, it is a big task, Um coming next weekend like Galway had their win against Roscommon so there's there's Galway waiting on the other side of the draw but how, what way Terry are you trying to get the lads G'd up to play against Mayo like they're probably they're in the top three to four in the country do you know to, to try and get out and put in that hard shift and do maybe extraordinary things that we haven't done before that could put us in the right direction for a possible upset well, all you can ask somebody is to go out and perform at their best, and we've asked them that at all times. You see, we probably are focused more on ourselves. You know, in the National League, you focus on the opposition and you focus on yourself and you look at how you can break them down. This Sunday, I suppose, is going to be more about how we go out and how we, we, we perform. Because, okay, we have to look at what me will do, but we have to probably perform at 120% of where we have been at. And, you know, that's a big ask for everybody. But we all, we say to the lads, is look at lads, as individuals, if you perform to your optimum as an individual and 15 people on the field perform at that stage, then the group performs better. And that's all we can ask them to do and see where that takes us. Uh, it was announced over the weekend in the least from Observer that Ryan O'Rourke's injury was going to keep him out of the game. Uh, can you confirm that? Is that the, the situation that we won't see Ryan on the field next week? Yeah, well, you may see him on the field, but you won't see him play him. <laughs> in terms of, I suppose, availability, um, you mentioned some lads have left the panel since the league campaign ended, a few injuries. Um, can you tell us, uh, what can you tell us about who's going to be available and maybe who we might be missing at the weekend? Yeah, well, look, it's, uh, you know, uh, we have an injury problem with Dermot McKeon, for example, who has been, you know, was uh, one of our keepers. We have probably a little bit of an injury problem around maybe Oshin Madden. Uh, you know, we uh, there's different lads that, you know, have picked up little niggles and knocks, and some of them are coming back, and some may feature Dean McGarver, for example, who won't feature. You know, we just the timing hasn't suited lads for... Um, the soft tissue injuries that a lot of counties have picked up, and you know, I know there were man and last week two lads limped off in the middle of the game. The recovery time hasn't been there from the National League to allow that to happen, and it's just unfortunate, just that's the way the year has fallen. Yeah, I suppose, as you said, Terry, all teams are probably dealing with a certain amount of, as you said, the soft tissue injuries. So, like when we're when we're looking towards Mayo, um, and I know that we we don't we we all say the, the kind of same sort of stuff in interviews, but the areas of the field that you'd like to clamp down on in playing Mayo to try and throw them off their rhythm, that we can get an opportunity to get scores on the board. Where would you be looking to focus on, or some of their main players? Well, as a group, as always, we keep it tight for a start. We, we, we've seen teams like Mayo, especially when they're playing the Leithams of this world, they want to go out and blitz in the first 15 to 20 minutes. 
And we have to make sure that that doesn't happen. Of course, uh, Killian O'Connor is gone, who's one of their, their, their main players and probably provider, a large provider of the scores. But people think that when you take a guy out of that who's kicking 50% of their scores, suddenly they lose 50% of the scoring power, which is not true. They probably lose 5 to 10 max because somebody else steps up. Aiden Walsh, of course, the inside line has been has been our outlet for that long type of ball. Where do we see that? Uh, I think that Mayo can be got on the counter. I think sometimes that they have Oshin Mullen, Mullen have guys who want to attack, which if you can get the turnovers in the right part of the pitch, will leave gaps at the back. And it's how we can handle that transition when we turn them over. I think that is our, our best opportunity for uh, getting scores on them is make sure that we contain and hit on the counter. A bit like guerrilla warfare, as I would say. Terry, I suppose looking into the weekend ahead, in terms of I suppose what's realistic coming out of the weekend, um, can Leitrim historically have always needed every single resource available to them, given how little they start with in the first instance, with a few players missing? Can we realistically be optimistic about a good result of potentially even a progression to the final on Sunday afternoon? Well, we know on any given day anything can happen, and that's you know. But that's probably what we have to look to. It's about our performance and how we, we perform. Unfortunately, as we've seen from some of the other games, and we have to be realist in this as well, and there's no point in us talking bluff as well as anything else. That When you look at some of the teams that have, take Armagh and Anthem today, for example, Anthem live with them probably for 40, 45 minutes of the game, but they eventually ground them down and wore them out because, again, they're working out bigger panels longer prep time, stronger uh, backup coming onto the field, that type of stuff. And it goes back to your point of having everybody available. And this is where the resources are the problem for the like of the Leithams of this world is that when you do pick up an injury of one or two main players, possibly the lads coming in are not just as strong as the guy that you're losing. And, you know, that is the fact of it. And uh, that is the reason why starting 15 is different than the five or six lads come down or the five or six who don't come on. But, the group itself has to grow organically as a group and get stronger. And unfortunately for Leitrim and other teams is that's about getting more games. And we're not going to get more games this year. Whether if we beat Mayo, it's certainly we get another game. But if we don't, we have no opportunity to build on the work of the last three to four months. And sometimes that is lost when you go to go back again and start again. Yeah, Terry, I suppose when we're talking about a performance as, as we said, a whole group performance, like there was a fantastic 20 minutes uh, up in Antrim when it kind of went against the tide when Evan Sweeney came on and he showed serious leadership. He showed like that um, his decision making on the shot taking that he took was second to none. And it, it was great to see 20 minutes. We'd say that that was a kickoff for all the rest of the lads. So I, how much like did it, how much did it help the, the camp and even from your own point of view to, to see, well, we can actually turn it on here when when we decide that we're going to go for it. And we would have felt that all along. And unfortunately, we didn't do it. We had, you know, these famous uh, 15, 20 minute blackout periods when we didn't perform, which is more worrying than the times when you do perform, because when you do perform, you, you know what's there. You know that they can do this. And that's the problem that was kind of puzzling us probably both as players management, why we were we were kind of disappeared for 10 or 15 minutes at important times in the game, and uh, which cost us games. And uh, why suddenly then that we could play the opposition off the park for another 15 minutes, because in the end of the day, it's about tacking all that together. And um, 
But Bova Nansom, I think that suddenly, you know, we, we maybe changed our outlook. We got a little bit more brave. I, as a manager, have never done what we did up there. We actually end up, I think, we frigging a complete midfield and half forward line on the day, which, you know, doesn't normally happen in games. And the game probably got a life of its own in that last 15, 20 minutes. And you're right, you said that Evan, you know, sometimes, you know, we go out and we, we do a shooting drill, as we call it, and everybody calls, we're going to do a shooting drill, lads. Well, actually, we should call it a scoring drill because you can shoot 14, 15 times, 30 times in a match. But if you don't convert 70% of them, it doesn't matter about the shoot, not the shot. And, you know, you go back to exactly the point was Evan had the right shot choice and he converted. And going back to what you were saying about Mayo, that's what we need to do on Sundays when we get opportunity. And we see this with the so-called weaker county is they'll create loads of opportunities, but they won't convert. And this is what we have to look at is can we get our conversion rate up into those percentages? Sorry, Derek. No, it's it was just it was when we're when we're looking at playing the Mayo and we'd say the way that the mark was used um in certain games. Um I suppose if we were getting in quick ball <coughs> excuse me into into some of the forwards, like the 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 mark isn't just a catch over the head. So physicality comes into it fifty percent, but the right decision on passes and space, because I hope I'd hope that we should be able to pull like if you've done it right, you could pull ten scores out of um, out of calling your mark, which takes that little bit of physicality out of it. Yeah, well, I'd love to get to ten. Now you don't often see ten, but you should be fit to get three or four or five scores if the thing is going well for you. To be fair, counties and even clubs have copped on that. Well, actually, the mark is there. It's a rule I don't actually like. To be honest with you, I think it's um, I think it's very unfair on a defence. I mean, what is the defender supposed to do? He's taught from he's a kid. Always keep the forward. You between you're between the forward and the goal and keep them out there. So you have handed the advantage now with this new rule. Like, and I, I'm going to just talk slightly about the mark rule for a minute. If you're going to change rules, you need to change it when the kids are growing up that are accustomed to a rule. Not throw it in into the middle of an adult game when guys have put in 15 years learning, practice, and wanting, and now somebody says, "No, you can't do that." But the opposition and you know what you have to learn about the mark is you have to stop it at the kicker's side. So I think what's happened is in that middle tour of the pitch, there's far more pressure coming on in games and turnovers in that area of the pitch, more so than there used to be. If you go back two, three years ago, most of them have happened 25, 25 yards from the goal, but happened further out to try and negate the mark being caught. Terry, to go back to, I suppose, player availability at the, the weekend, there's a lot of names have been floating around, the lads have left the panel over the last few weeks. I don't want to harp on about it, but I suppose looking at the bigger picture, elite from football is more about... Uh, is about more than just the senior county team and lads for whatever reason have chosen to, to not be involved for the last few weeks and to concentrate on their clubs um, and names for example I picked two just because they're polar opposites in terms of the, the experience in the last competitive game we had you have someone like Aidan Flynn who walked away having played in the first half when we were disappointing and someone like Niall um, McGovern who came on and was part of that kind of push to really invigorate the whole thing so it's not just maybe lads who are underperforming who have chosen to, to elect for the club. What do you feel Leitrim as a, as a collective have to do to make the county team more attractive to lads that it's a real push and, and there's a desire to want to be in that jersey, whatever the consequences? Well, I think it's, it's a very long-term project. I think you need to start off when the lads are young 
and you have to build that comradeship on the way up through different competitions. Let it be at when there are development squads under 17s, under 20s now, and you build this group mentality. So lads are usually together as a group, know each other well enough that they will hang in there for each other. And look, when I came in, it was the same. There was, if, if there was a plane going to New York, there'd be nine guys on it. And it, to be fair, I, I, and you know, you have to be realistic about it. Leitham haven't been winning in championship level. So they're saying the league is our championship. We'll all compete there as best we can. We'll try and get our promotion. It's a, it's a, a longer term project. It's probably a fair project because it's over a, a six game thing, whatever it is, length of time. Whereas championship suddenly becomes either knockout or backdoor as it was back. And lads are saying, yeah, well, look, that's going to tie up. Yeah, we, we finished the National League at the end of March or early April, depending on where you are in it. If you're lucky enough to get to a league final, it tags you on maybe the next couple of weeks. But they're not playing a championship match maybe until end of June, early July. So they see that as a long time to prepare for, as you rightly said, maybe to pick up a Galway or a Common or a Mayo and they say, the club is going to be back playing, probably less pressure, there's more enjoyment because they're going to be playing four or five matches. And in the end of the day, that's why lads train, is to play matches. And it's... The championship for the lack of Leitrim or a Sligo or anybody who's getting beaten in these first round games is is uh, is about games and they're not getting games. So it goes back to the format. I suppose you've, everybody as well spoke about this and the format needs to go back to a league type format that where you are getting a number of games and you're competing against people that you know that you have a chance of winning against. And that holds guys in because, you know, people are, are well-educated nowadays uh, realise that uh, the percentages in life of X, Y and Z and the calculated based upon that is no different than looking for a job and getting a job and what are my chances of getting that job and what are my chances of success in that job and you know what I mean we, we educate them we, we teach them well and they look after well so they're not stupid and they realise that you know this takes out three, four months of my life or two months of my life and what are the possibilities at the end of that and that's what they balance up, and I suppose that's what they make the decisions upon. Yeah, I suppose. Look, at it, it's, it's a little bit disappointing. Uh, from I wouldn't, I wouldn't have come across it. We'll say years ago. Now that's twenty years ago when you were coming near a championship game. That uh, that individuals were leaving for any reason. Do you know? Generally, at the end of a year, you see it out for everybody else. But look at as you said, like with with COVID and everything, the games aren't there. Hopefully, next year we might be back into the way that it was in regards to, to games. I know the structure will be different around the club, but hopefully these individuals will come back and there'll be more people coming on stream. But just a little bit disappointing. Um, I, I'd look at, I can't, I wouldn't like to be in your shoes, Terry, to be honest with you. When when you have that floating around and you're preparing for probably playing probably the third best team in Ireland in a championship game, it should. I think it should have been all shoulders to the wheel and get as good a result as you can and put in a great result for yourself and what you represent, you know, but look at the very best of luck next weekend. You know, that's, that's really what we're, what we're hanging and looking forward to seeing it, you know? Yeah. Well, just on a, on a footnote of what you said there, and see, this is what we try to get through the fellas that, you know, in the end of the day, it's the 30 guys that make the panel work. It's not the 15 fellas that play and, you know, your time will come round, you know, I mean, uh, you know, you have players who maybe left last year are suddenly maybe looking to start this year and they felt last year they weren't in it, but they stuck it out. And I suppose it's that little bit of resilience to stick at it is where it gets the results for them in the end. And, you know, 
I suppose it's probably encouragement from clubs and from their mentors and within their clubs to stay at it. Uh, you know, that's the main thing I think that for Leeds, but I do think that is that if you put a project in place with 10 year olds and you decide to make this a 10 year project, and that's a hell of a long time. And I've said this before, people can't see that far ahead of themselves. I'll guarantee you at the end of that 10 year, you will start to see success and you'll see it in the year 11, 12, 13, and 14 because the project is still going on and you're still producing the conveyor belt and it's starting to prop itself up. And that's the only way forward, in my opinion, for counties like Leitrim, Sligo, wherever you want it, Antrims, wherever you want to name the so-called weaker counties because that is what's going on in the big counties. Let nobody tell you any different. That you're that I can I know for a fact uh, one of the most successful counties at senior their under 17s would have been knocked out at semi-final stage in uh, the province last year. They were back within 10 days. That's the way it is. It's a simple fact of life. Smaller counties, we decide, we close the book. That competition is not starting until January, February, wherever it is. You don't start until November, December. We're losing far too many big blocks to build skill levels with the players and make them more comfortable and come up against the better teams. I suppose, Terry, talking about longer-term projects, um, this weekend, it only takes one one positive result really to lift the whole mood across the entire sport in the county. And a good result, or maybe even a win on Sunday, will do exactly that. I think we'll all be on the bandwagon 100%. But if it doesn't go well on Sunday, are you uh, planning on being part of that 10-year revival of that thing? Do you see yourself in, in the job in the, in the medium to long term, uh, regardless of the result on Sunday? Briefly, I will be eligible for a couple of pensions at that stage. <laughs> it's, it's not quite, you kind of dodged the question there, Terry. I asked you if you were a politician before. Put it this way I don't know what I'm looking for a toad pension. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, listen, Terry, all we can do is wish you and your team the absolute very best of luck in McHale Park on Sunday as. Derek, as Terry, oh Derek, God, Terry, if, as Derek said, sorry, Derek, I apologize for that letter. Uh, as uh, Derek said, um, it's it's a tall order. I think um, there's not many people will be putting their mortgage on Leitrim on Sunday, but I think that's a perfect opportunity maybe to cause a shock uh, down there with a fantastic performance. So the very best of luck to you and your team on Sunday afternoon. We'll all be cheering you on. Thanks, Brefney. And again, if the lads go out and perform with the ability that we know it in the, the camp that they have, I think you will not have a bad game. Now here in the county over the weekend, a full round of games played in the Masonite Football League. So quickly run through the results of them for you. In Division 1, we had a win for Ballinamore over Mohull, 112 to 11 points. Mohull had been flying up to that, taken back down a peg by Ballinamore. Interesting to see how that pans out later in the season. Melvin Gales, 9 points. St Mary's Clitard, 1-8. A good win in Kinloch for the Carrick and side by two points there. Glencar Manor won seven. Ahawillan won 12. Uh, Manor, who had suffered a heavy defeat against Mohull the previous weekend, uh, restored a bit of pride in that performance. While Anna Duff, nine points. Leitrim Gales, 216. So it's been a roller coaster for a lot of the teams over the last couple of games. Kind of to be expected given the lack of county teams. And we can't really predict with much accuracy how games are going to fare out in this particular grade. In Division 2 of the Masonite Football League, Balneglera won 9, Drumahair 12 points, Court Letra won 12, Carrie Gallon won 12, a bit more on that later on in the programme. We're going to be joined by Gary Reynolds, uh, 
Derek, you're missing for that game. We'll talk about that as well. Drum Riley 3-9, Alan Gales 12 points, a six-point victory for Drum Riley at home in that game. And Alpha Sheelan 2-12, FINA 2-9 in the final game in Division 2. Division 3, Clune conceded to Drum Kieran, who got a walkover in their fixture. Estland soundly beaten by Ahavas 3-9 to three points uh, to the uh, Ahavas in that game, while Glenfarren Kilty 1-8. Borna Kula won 12 in the final game in Division 3 of the league. And there was a couple of other games of note, of course. Uh, we'll talk about the hurling later on, but Mayo, comfortable winners over Leitrim, 29 points to 10, uh, 19 points to spare in that game in the Nicky Rackard Cup. The Leitrim, of course, played Donegal in the, in the coming weeks, while in the Celtic Challenge, under 17 hurling, Leitrim won 8 for Mana, 7 points, a good result there. Now, Derek, we did mention that Carrie Gallen Gortletra game played in Gortletra. On Saturday evening, and there was two uh, two goals in the game, one twelve apiece. The final score. Let's take a quick look at those goals before we are joined by Gary Reynolds to talk us through the game. That, there, there you have it, I suppose. Two controversial enough goals. Uh, Carrie Gallon calling square ball for the Bartletra goal. About 10 minutes in time that put them in the lead. And then Carrie Gallon, uh, a free moved in right in front of the goals. Uh, opportunism from the centre forward. Uh, the full forward, actually, I should say. You were the centre forward, Gary. Uh, buried in the bottom corner past Darren Mulvey. Gave him no chance. And uh, a draw finished uh, results. I suppose, happy, unhappy at how it all played out, Gary? Uh, yeah, look, bless me. If you were, if you were, look, if you wanted to be picky, you could pick out a few things. We we weren't happy a bit, but but uh, and Derek will know um, f- from his days playing. It's Carry Gallon. We haven't gone up to Gartletter and got too much over the last 10, 15, 20 years, as long as I'm playing. So coming out of there with a point, uh, you know, we we would have to say we're happy. Obviously, look, there's lots of things we're not happy about the late goal, how we conceded it, and and. It was sloppy from our behalf, but also happy to get out of there with anything, you know, because it's a really, really tough place to go to. We've always found it difficult. So, yeah, it's good. I suppose we're in Gartletra. We're we're looking at trying to fast track our training as quick as we can for an intermediate final in uh, in a couple of weeks' time. So the the lads are fair, fairly fit. They've done a good bit of work on their own, and then along with that, we're we're kind of getting back to the thing of um, saying that nobody's going to beat us on our home patch. 
Whereas if, if teams, I mean, that, that had gone for a number of years, we're getting bet. But now the, the lads seem to take a little bit of pride in it that we're not going to give away scores that easy, you know. But um, like, did you find playing against Gartletra, what sort of a tempo were the were they at? If you're looking at, I know that Anna Duff will be, they're kind of up and down with results, get some great ones and then some ones that you're wondering what way the game got away from them. But are Gartletra fairly going decent enough at the minute, do you think? Yeah, I think I think they are, Derek. I mean, we we got a real eye opener down there last year in the league, and we would have thought we were in decent condition going down there, and, and Gartletra blew us away in in a in a kind of a period of ten or fifteen minutes. So, you know, taking into account what you were saying, we knew about that, and and we said in training this week that this will be a real test to see where we are and where we're going at the moment, because Gartletra are probably ahead of the curve of a lot of other teams, and often Gartletra are trying to peak, as you said, in three weeks' time, whereas the rest of us, I would feel, are probably playing catch up. Um, and, and that was definitely, you know, we said if we can match them and keep with them till half time, that was literally it. You know, the way the water breaks guys are in the games now and, you know, there's critics of it. And, and you know, I would probably be one of them myself, but it actually it gives you a great chance to kind of break the game. Instead of breaking it down in two halves, you're breaking it down to four quarters. And, um, you know, I heard the guests that on Niall Woodsy and lads like Connor Shorten last week saying, it, you know, before the water break. But that's the way we, we talk it. We, we talk it if we can stick with Gertletra for the first 15 minutes. And, and stick with them then till half time. We're not in a bad place. If the game was close going in the last 15 minutes because of the nature of the league, there's no relegation or promotion. We're kind of happy that we're not happy to get bet, of course, but if we were to come out of there kind of sticking close to Gartletcher, we would have been happy with it. So that's the way it played out. I was really impressed with Gartletcher last year, Derek, to be honest with you. And I've been impressed with them again at the weekend. An awful lot of kind of young lads uh, there at the moment that, you know, may, you know, just getting stuck in, like they're young, they're fit, they're willing to, to, to go into the hard tackles, but they're also willing to cover the yards down the field. And, and there's a never, never say die attitude. And we were just delighted that we were able to come back. Although, as Breffney said, probably maybe a bit fortuitous at the end, but a free being moved on. But you know, Owen Ward has been, been doing that for us for a long time now. So look, delighted to get out there. Very impressed with Gretchen again yesterday, and just happy to stick with them. But you know, it's going to be a humdinger in three weeks' time, and they're not going to be far away. Good man, Derek, making an interview with a Carrie Gallon man all about Gartletra. You have some skills on that, but Gary, uh, <laughs> in, ter- in terms of the actual game, though, um, I suppose you talk about water breaks. There was no need to take any break from water yesterday. There was so much of it falling from the sky. A really nice July evening. Uh, what's it like to be back playing club football? It must feel like the start of a season in, in February or March. Yeah, probably the difficulty with that, Breffney, was, and, and you were there yourself, was it, it was... It was wet, but it was really warm, really warm and really close and really uncomfortable. And it probably played out that way in, in the conditions. It was sloppy. There was lots of, you know, one those kind of messy evenings where it was hard to control the ball. And I'll tell you what, like this morning, I, I knew all about it because I was I was very sore getting out this morning. Gartletra, a really physical outfit. And when I when we say physical, I don't mean physical in, from a dirty perspective. It was just a real fair, hard-hitting game. And of course, with slippy conditions like that, you tend to slip and slide into tackles a little bit more. So uh, difficult evening, Breffney. I mean, it's totally different from last Saturday evening. It was a bone dry evening in Carrigan against another physical side, Balneglero, where it was a lot faster moving. But the game, I'd say from yourself watching on, was just up and down the field, topsy-turvy. Probably quality at times was a little bit slack. But as I was saying to a few of our Fletcher lads, probably no harm for the likes of them in case 
you know, this day three weeks is is probably a little bit slippier, and it's no harm for our younger guys as well to get used to those conditions against a physical team. So, yes, quality may have been down a little bit, but I think both teams gave a really good account for ourselves, and there was no real holding back. Everybody went 100% at it, and I think that showed in the end, maybe detriment to the quality, but it, it really showed that everybody was keen to get stuck in, you know, and try and try and get the miles in the legs. I don't know if I'd actually disagree with you, uh, to be honest. I think the, the quality, as far as I've seen a few of these games this this year, because I'm trying to get to as many games as possible, uh, the quality is probably the best of all the games I've seen so far in terms of the intensity, in terms of, I suppose, both teams really been at the same level, because I've been to a couple of one-sided games so far this year. Um, you had a bit of a word yourself at one stage with the referee. You might have agreed with his assessment of just how hard it and some of your own challenges were. Uh, you picked up the yellow card yourself. Thoughts on, on that encounter? <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was our neighbour Mick down the road from our neighbours from Riley. There seemed to disagree. I think he was more or less going on the basis of how the Gertletter line and, and Carrie Gallen line reacted to the challenge. But as Derek will know, and and haven't played with him and against him, like. Look, briefly, I'd be fairly physical and always have been over the years. And as I felt, the ball was in the air. The Gartletcher wing back was coming out with it. And I, I don't know what I was meant to do in that scenario. I mean, do, are we now meant to move out of the way and let them pass? You know, and I was even having a chat with uh, James Campbell after, who I know I played underage with Leitrim with as well. And he'd be a similar player to me. We both give, give each other lots of it. But yeah, I, I was of the interpretation that I stood him up. Uh, he... Mick said I hit him in the chest and, and I disagreed but I mean look you're never going to get a decision overturned I, I tell you I got a lot I got a lot of yellow cards I didn't get yellow cards for a lot more roughly. so um, look I, there was no harm in it I know a few of the got electric boys shouting at me that the, the county final in three weeks but I said Jesus lads I wasn't going to do any harm but I'm not going to step out of the way either so no there was lots of that and, and I mean we can take it both ways you know yeah, so it's them having a county final. It's a them problem, not a you problem. I have to say, though, I do disagree with you. I think Mick probably got it right on that occasion. <laughs> uh, Derek, of course, Derek, your thoughts on the game as well, because I know, um, lovely evening in Gorth Lecture, you had nothing better to be doing than that, or were you at home watching Love Island? Love Island, definitely. <laughs> I'm, I, you know, it's, do you call it a guilty pleasure or something that my father had to sit down and have a stern word with me? <laughs> yeah. Letting yourself yeah. down, Derek. Yeah, yeah, but look at I suppose when we're when we're talking about the league games, and I think from from watching from seeing some of them, but not some of the Gartletra games and some of the results that are coming in, uh, people seems to be play that seems to be playing for a bit of pride, a bit of camaraderie. There's something different than there was before the COVID end of it. Like even in the Gartletra, I think that we're we're a better unit. And physically, I don't think the complaints that we, we always had and the issues that we always had carrying into games from our outside life, I think that has kind of taken a back seat. And lads are, are using using it, I suppose, as a means of counselling nearly. Do you know that they're all out chatting? How are things? You know, moving it on. Because um, I do see, I suppose, when, you, when you're playing, if, there, if there's not a competition there, a winner and a loser situation in a league, it's hard to get motivation, but or it should be hard. I don't see it has been hard at the minute for a lot of clubs. Um, so, like in regards in inside in the Carry Gallon camp between the experienced fellas and the younger lads, would you have noticed that there's something a little bit different than there was before COVID kicked us in the ass? 
Yeah, hundred uh, percent agree, Derek. It was something I was just actually t- speaking about before we played Valenglera last week, and um, you'll know, Brefney, obviously, you were there last year as well. The last game we would have played was Anadolf in that semi-final, which, when you believe, it was nine months ago, and you go through sometimes go through a pre-season and you're thinking, oh yeah, the last game was three or four months ago, but it only dawned on us, you know, we made a lot of mistakes last weekend and we were probably a little bit overly hard on ourselves. And, you know, me as one of the senior players, and there's a couple of guys there, Derek Riley, we've obviously got Lions and goals and, and our own war performing really well. But we sometimes get, we ask too much of ourselves and too much of the younger guys, Derek. So what we're trying to do is that, look, it, it is nine months since a lot of these guys played an actual intense game of football. So we're just trying to build through these matches now. We're not going too hard on each other if there's mistakes. Of course, there's going to be, especially on a night like Saturday night. But um, you've, you've, you've hit the nail on the head there. We've all been sitting indoors for the last nine months and previous to that 2020 was a difficult year so I think we're all just delighted to be out playing now uh, whether it was a challenge or whether it was a league match you could see the Gertletcher boys were, were trying to try a few things out uh, ahead of the three weeks time and they were trying to blood a few other lads in different positions and figure fellas out so really really interesting battle and great I'm, I'm actually delighted that you disagree with me as well on that one Brett in regards to the standard because maybe again we're being overly hard on ourselves but as you boys will know you tend to be overly hard on yourself when you're in that situation as a team. But uh, no, it was a great battle. And today, I tell you, I know all about it today as well. Of course, to Riley to come at the weekend. Uh, game played Friday night. I know you're not native to, to these parts anymore. Uh, you're based up closer to the, the capital. Uh, does that pose a challenge for you to get back down for a game on a Friday night? A uh, little, little bit, Barathe. I love the, love the Friday night lights, as, as we, we would have called them, you know, getting down. And then you've kind of got your weekend as well, because um, it's not as if, I know COVID's been difficult, but it's not as if we've been out and about the last nine months. We've been, we've been penned in at home, and it's just not the same. So it probably gives us a little bit of a chance to take a breather after Friday night, win, lose or draw, take stock of the first three games and maybe get a few beers together if we can after, um, if possible, or even on the Saturday night. So looking forward to it again. Uh, yeah, to answer your question, Bradley, it probably poses a few issues with me. Like years ago, I would have jumped in the car, drove two hours when I was with Leach from downtown Adolf or wherever else we were training in the early and mid-20s and I wouldn't take a fidge out of you. But nowadays... It's that little bit, little bit tougher on the body, tougher on the mind. And I like to get down a couple of hours early, maybe call in with man on the way home and get some tea before the match and loosen out, and then head to the game. So I'd say I'll probably take a half day or something on Friday, Brefney, and maybe hit the road around lunchtime just to get down early, especially when it's uh, the neighbours coming up to have a nice friendly, have a nice friendly kick about with us. You'd like to get down early for that one and, and just get loosened out. So especially with the games, Brefney, uh, coming ticking fast, like there's four, we'll have four games in four weeks. So the bodies are, are taking that little bit longer to recover now in between these games. So yeah, I'll get down probably early. It does cause a little bit of a problem, but work is quite flexible as well. So, so that's, a, that's a good thing, especially working from home. You can kind of work your day out a little bit better, you know? Yeah, just I suppose something in us in the county. I suppose Derek, you've you've never moved that, that far out of the county in terms of that. You've never had to deal with that. It, it is a concern getting down. We move games to Friday night, but half your squad could be based outside the county, so it's it's a tough one that we just maybe when we're living down around these parts, we don't see it as a big as an issue, and maybe it, it might be for a lot of clubs. Um, in terms of I suppose the weekend, I suppose I put it to both the. You've both been involved in county panels coming into uh, Connacht Championship games, Connacht semi-finals. You've gone into games where we are as as big an outsider as we are on Sunday. Um, do you miss it? Do you look to Sunday and kind of go, 
I, I'd love to be involved in that, or are you kind of glad to be looking at it from a distance now? I know obviously the body moves on, but, but the actual excitement and the buzz have been involved in that particular kind of clash. Go on, Gary, you're up first. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, at, uh, I probably did. I probably did the last couple of years. I know I'm only gone since 2019, really, so I was involved fairly, fairly uh, recently. Um, you know, especially 2020 last year, I definitely did. It's probably, there's not as much build-up. You guys are doing great media work and stuff around at Breffney, and there's a great build-up from that perspective. But regards being out and about and meeting people around Leitrim and stuff, there's probably not as much of that anymore with COVID. But um, I think back in, in Derek's time and, and even my time, my early years when I joined Leitrim, we were... You know, Mayo and, and Galway were going through transition periods. We were actually really quite competitive in Desi Dolan's years and teams like that, you know, and, and it's no disrespect to now, but even the very good Mayo and Galway teams never really used to beat us by a whole pile back then. I remember my first two or three years, Galway beat us by four up in Salt Hill, um, and we were really competitive. Mayo in 06 was actually one of the first games I ever togged out for when he bet us by a point. Nicky Moran was managing them, and they went on that year to the All-Ireland final. So back in that first, it was probably only around the 20, you know, you're looking at maybe 11, 12, 13, that gap started to widen when Desi Dolan left and Mickey Moran came in. And to be honest with you, since then, it's been a bit of a, been a, bit of a slog. But 15, 16, Breffney, we played Galway and we were only, what, five, six points to Bettison Carrick in, in 2015, 2016. And, you know, it, it's just unfortunate that the last couple of years, the gap is, it, it seems to even be widening with the S&C that's coming in, with the money that's been pumped in. So, I will admit, I, I missed the, the build-up, the, the the dedication, the long days and long nights. It's mad to be saying it, but I do actually miss it because it's obviously lessened on my side now, even though playing club football nearly demands as much from you. But um, to be honest, I missed the, the buzz in the camp. And, and Derek will know that when you're in that bubble, right, when you're in that bubble of players, yes, Mayo are going to be hot favourites. And uh, I don't want to be the former player sitting here because I remember when I played and I seen lads going, Jesus, Leitrim are up against it and they're going, they might take a bit, ship a bit of a hammer in this weekend. You'd hear a lad saying that and you go, he hasn't a clue what's going on in here. We're, we're ready for it. But unfortunately, even without Killian O'Connor, I just think the gulf is just far, far too wide at the moment. And we're after having a really difficult Division 4 campaign as well. So it doesn't read well. But those players will be trying to block out all the noise and, and, and I know all of them very well and, and they'll be really focusing on just looking again, the first 15 minutes, get to half time and try and stick in as close as they can and and and, and make it competitive. And, and there's no doubt that they can do that depending on weather and other teams. So I miss it, of course, but I think it's uh, the last 12 months has been a real realisation for me that, you know, I've, I've had my time in the jersey and I've loved it, but it's definitely time to move on, you know. Yeah, fair, fair to say, uh, Gary. I My, my inter-county career was short and sweet, you could call it, with injuries. From um, like I was, I was finished in my early twenties from breaking the leg, doing a cruciate, and then another medical condition that the head wanted to do it, but the body was saying you're not able to yeah. do it. You know, so like for 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 a lot of players, like back then, as as you as you discussed there, like we wanted the best teams. Like Peter McGinnity was involved at the time, and he brought in a, a structure that, and some players resisted it at the time. But it was as close to professional and it brought us to a new level. Joe Reynolds brought us then into the Connacht final of 2000, we'll say. Um, we played under 20, under under 21 Connacht final against Galway. And it was around that time of the meetings and all that. Like Galway got two All-Irelands out of a time when we probably had one of our strongest, we'd say the 94 and around the 2000s. We had 
like the backbone of the senior team was the under 21 team you know and now it seems yeah. that our 18 and our 19 year olds 20 year olds that it they're, they're been blooded an awful lot later you're not ready for county football until you're 26 which i think is ridiculous i think if you're an adult and take it on and get into it but like us going out against the mayos like as you said five six seven points Roscommon, when they started on the underage, and Terry Highland would have said in the previous interview about maybe a ten-year plan, and Roscommon done it fifteen years ago with their with their minors, and we were touch and go at Roscommon for forty years. There was a point or two either way with Roscommon. Yeah. Now we're in our division division one. I know Galway bet them, but their division one with uh, the, they've kind of got this system that there's an expectation of players when they come in. Uh, looking at our and I suppose even with with the Antrim game, uh, players I don't think there, there's some individuals that are not living their lives as you need to be professional basically for inter county yeah. football, and I don't think that the, the the lifestyle choices of some leads them to be fit enough to come in even with our Division Three campaign or to come into Mayo. But years ago, when you were going into Mayo. Like I, I asked in I don't know, was it nineteen ninety nine? I asked ninety eight, maybe. I said it to Peter McGinnity. I want to mark Porrick Joyce. I want the best I can yeah. take. Do you know what I mean? Given to me, yeah. I focused. There was three weeks in my head that I watched everything that he done, and you went out at ten and a half stone playing full back for for Leitrim against Porrick Joyce, cocky. And I'll say it straight yeah. out: your, your confidence levels, you had built it that nobody's gonna insult me or my family or my friends. And like back then, I don't know what it's like now. Some of the stuff that was said to you on the football field, you really had to hold to hold your oh, crew yeah. because there was some crazy stuff that would have been said to you. But you, you'd let down other players and your your family and yourself if you if you dealt with it in a wrong way. We'll say, but like coming into this Mayo game and even with with the club thing, it I don't know where we we've kind of we've lost it a little bit in regards to people how they value themselves. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Standards that our own players are there's now there's some that are setting high standards for themselves and meeting it, and there's some that just aren't. And look at I don't I don't know we'll have to, something will have to be done. We'll say from the under twenty and the senior point of view, and maybe maybe in a number of years time or whenever there's a decision made, we probably need a big gun. The Sean Boylan that we talked about, you might have a word with him. You're up his way, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, few, a few vouchers we give him a few vouchers when he come down and sort out yeah. <laughs> to bring that outside because we're our own worst enemies we'll complain about the person that's given their time for nothing um, and because we can but when there's somebody from outside the county that have provided all Ireland's and trained that well I think we probably do need a little injection of one massive name at some stage to put us all in our own box do you know so just my interpretation of what you just said is that Porrick Joyce, you marked him in 98 and having to overcome you drove him to that All-Ireland. Is that what you're saying there? Yeah, I, I played a small part, you know. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, uh, Gary, thanks so much for joining us. The best luck against from Riley at the weekend and on into the championship through the season. I'm sure it won't be the last we'll be chatting to someone from yeah. down the Carrie Allen direction through the year. Thanks very much for joining us. Brilliant. Thanks, William. Thank you. Thank you. Gary Reynolds there of Carrie Gallon. As you saw, a fairly tight game on Saturday evening. Um, now, let's go through some of the other games played over the weekend in the uh, Mace Knight Reserve Football League. And I believe there was a, a strange incident where an umpire came on in a game 
in Mohul in Division Three of that particular um, game against Cork Letra. You didn't make the, the senior game on, on Saturday. We at that one, Derek. Can you tell, shed any light on who this mysterious umpire was that came on in the second half for Cork Letra? Yeah, it was a, a seriously fit vintage old fella that was in uh, in doing umpire, and then he came on in the second half and had a, 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 a massive impact on the game. <laughs> well, that was me. <laughs> it wasn't too much of an impact. Stiff old man running around the field. Well, listen, let's go through all the results of the weekend, not just that particular game. We might say you did win that by two goals into spare at the end. In Division 1 of the Reserve League, the results are as follows. Venus and Collins scratch against Drumcuren. Melvin Gales won 8. St. Mary's Tottered won 10. Mohol GA Club scratch against sorry, Mohol GA Club got a walkover against Glen Carman Hamilton while Carrie Allen and Sean Hessens. It was 420 to 8 points in favour of the Ballon and Moore side. In Division 2, Ahuelan 113, Sean Hesslands 1-5, could have been a local brag of nights around the Ballon and Moore area. There, while Anna Duff and Leitrim Gales was not played, game was awarded to Anna Duff. In Division 3, Ballon Aglera 114, St. Mary's Kiltar 5 points, Mohol 12 points. Uh, Derek Kelher inspired Gort Letra 3-9 and Bordacula 1-5, sorry, 1-6, Drumahair 5-15, a big victory there for Drumahair's second side, Ahavas 5-21, Alan Gales 9 points. Now over the last few weeks we have of course been talking a lot about nuptials and winnawedding.ie of course drew to a close on Saturday evening and there was one winner, a massive prize of a €25,000 valued wedding in the very, very gorgeous uh, Letra venue of Lochrin Castle Estate and Gardens. I better say that or I get a slap through the virtual uh, space this side uh, from Derek. Uh, yeah, great, great result for Paul Harron and his bride in uh, Sligo. And from the interactions on social media, we can only assume that they were intended on getting married in the uh, upcoming future because they seem very, very happy with the award of that prize. So congratulations to them. Uh, and also congratulations to Leitrim GAA and a hugely successful uh, fundraising event. A uh, very different fundraising event that we're probably used to seeing from uh, from sports organizations around the county. So hats off to everybody involved in that. And it's uh, it's definitely created an opportunity to um, to get people involved and get people talking and, and, and get some much needed funds in to support the workings of Leitrim GAA. So thank you to everyone who purchased a ticket and got involved in that particular promotion. Um, they're going to come down there. You like to attend them down in North Lecture, Derek. Are you good with a guitar, or have you got any party tricks that when they come down, you can entertain them? No, I'm able to do a, 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 a five-second, 500-meter dash in a mankini. That's all I can do. If you can do 500 meters in five seconds, you should be over in Tokyo in a couple of weeks for the Olympics. But that's a, a totally different kettle of fish. Yeah. It, it depends on who's running after you, how fast you can run, do you know? But look, at it, it's great to see, um, look at fundraising and bringing people into County Leitrim. So there'll be 150 people and congratulations to the crew that, that won the wedding. And hopefully more people will come down to Leitrim because, to be honest, it's a, it's a beautiful county. Um, there's some fantastic tours <clears throat> across from from Manor, from Kinlaw the whole way down to the tip of Gartletra. So look at people are starting to realise it now when they're on their staycations. So we're we're open for business, aren't we? 
Absolutely, the more the merrier, I say. Uh, let's take a quick look then at the fixtures for the coming weekend. Of course, because of the championship games over the weekend, all games that were due to be played Saturday will now be played on Friday night. We mentioned that in our discussion uh, with Gary earlier on. Division 1, Ahawillan and Balnamore, they meet in Ahawillan at 8 o'clock on Friday evening. Mohull and Melvin Gales do battle in Park Philly McGuinness while Leitrim Gales and Glen Carman Hamilton will meet in Leitrim Village and enough the visitors to Carrick a little trip down the N4 to Park Nevermore to take on their local rivals in that game as well. In Division 2, Upper Sheelan make the short journey to Alan Gales, Carrie Gallen and Drum Riley as we talked about with Gary, they'll do battle in Carrie Gallen while Balna Glera visit Fina and your own side Derek Gortletra make the journey north to face Drum Hare down there in uh, the north of the county in Division 3. There's three games as well in that seven-team group. Ahavas play Glenfarn, Kilty Clotter, Kiltumbert and Clune do battle. Drumcuran host Bornacula, while Eslin have the weekend off this weekend. We're getting ever so closer to the, the end of the league campaign. Uh, four rounds of fixtures across all divisions. Uh, every team will play four games. And, of course, those uh, laid-over semifinals, and, or finals, I should I say, at intermediate junior A and junior B from last year. Um, anything about the, the fixtures this week stand out to you? Gortletra, again, they're building towards that championship. They've had a pretty solid performance so far. And Duff, on the other hand, uh, they've been hit and miss some poor results, some good results. And again, another disappointing defeat, I suppose, to Leitrim Gales this weekend. So uh, it seems to be going better for Gortletra in terms of preparation than it has been for Duff. But I suppose they're in Division 1, you're in Division 2. Where do you think the teams lie at this moment in time? Oh, look, I'd say that they're going to be fairly evenly matched, to be honest with you, Breffney. Um, the, 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 there'll be stronger teams Anna Duff are playing against. And like they'll be they'll be coming in at a fairly high tempo. I know that uh, we'll say playing in the Division 2, for want of a better word, um, and the pace wouldn't be as much. But it should stand to Anna Duff, some of the hard games, even that there was big scores put up, when the pressure comes on, they'll, they'll learn over the, the few games how to tighten up. They'll see their weaknesses and they will be ready for Gartletter. There's no point in, in saying that Gartletter are putting in good results and, and it up for up and down. On the day, it's it's all it's all up to will Pori Gallagher score more than Ray Cox and will Gartletter score more than Anaduff? Do you know? So um like as Ray is there and he's he's of he's of my vintage. So you're running on a half the tank is half empty all the time. So this and to try and keep injury free for for both teams at this time, it, it's vital because to lose one or two players, do you know, for any sort of hamstrings, anything like that, it's just it's a delicate kind of time to balance the intensity with the rest periods coming up to the game, you know. Yeah, and there are some mouth-watering clashes if anyone from a neutral perspective is looking for something to do on Friday evening. I think uh, Willen and Ballinamore stands out to me. It's always been one of those that over the years that. There's always a little bit of needle, no matter whether that's friendly, competitive, league, championship, you name it. It's always got a bit of bite to it. So I think that's probably the game of the round for me this weekend. There are, of course, a full, full set of fixtures in the ladies' football world as well. And in the Division One group of the Spring League, which is for probably the stronger sides, the sides likely to be in the senior championship later this summer. We have St. Bridget's and St. Francis, Nahawillan on Sunday morning. While St. Joseph's and Glencar Manor Hamilton will do battle uh, in Carrig Allen also on Sunday morning. Both those games thrown in at 11 a.m. In Group 2, we have Mohal and Drumahair, who have been both very impressive so far this year. Uh, some big wins for both sides. 
it will boil down to what players are available on the day. Of course, county players not quite free to play with them just yet because of their inter-county commitments, while St Mary's Kiltard and Kiltrubbert will do battle in Carrick and Shannon on Sunday morning as well. And then finally, in Division 3 of the Spring League, Drumcairn and Kielder Gales, they meet at 11am on Sunday morning, while Phoenix and Collins and Anaduff will do battle on uh, Sunday also with that game in FINA, although FINA have not filled, fulfilled a fixture as yet. They failed to, to get a full team out. They have played games, but it's been a case of borrowing a few players and stuff. They're struggling for numbers at the moment, but I'm sure that will come good as the championship uh, gets closer and closer. They put up a fine run in that junior championship uh, campaign last year, plenty of numbers. So those girls are there. They just need to be kind of coaxed back out to the, the field over the next couple of weeks. In terms of ladies football, though, uh, the old major focus will be on Ballinamore on Saturday with the uh, first round of the ladies intermediate football championship and Fermanagh are the visitors. We wish you the very, very best of a look as you represent the county over the next week. Uh, in terms of what's to come this week, of course, Brendan Guckian's under 20s out in action tomorrow as we publish this. Uh, Tuesday evening in Hyde Park, the game being live streamed, all tickets sold out, 500 tickets the other day, gone in a matter of minutes, uh, gold dust. I think every game this summer is going to be like gold dust, especially if it's limited to 500 people. Uh, I managed to get myself one of those tickets. Uh, Derek, yourself, uh, going to be able to go or not? Probably not at this stage? No, I don't think so. Look, at the tickets are sold out, and to be honest, there's the way that I look at it is, I can I can I can stream it and watch it and there's there's family members there's people that are closer that have put in effort uh, to enable all these players to reach or to try and reach their full potential and they're the ones that should be you know should be looked after and brought out as you know to mark or respect more than else you know Absolutely, and we had hoped to have somebody from the squad uh, on the show tonight. Unfortunately, just because of, I suppose, uh, calendars and, and other commitments, it just wasn't possible. But uh, the very best luck to Brendan, to Jimmy, uh, Kevin Ludlow, Ender Lions, and, and all the squad involved in that particular team. There's a really, really strong uh, management team on that. A, kind of a really promising group of players coming through. So, and hopefully the future of, of Leitrim football involved in that. I think uh, there's a fairly good optimism about the squad, and hopefully they can live up to that on Tuesday evening. So the very best of luck to them. The girls and the hurlers out in action on Saturday afternoon. Uh, the hurlers, they face uh, Donegal in Park Shaw McDermott, while the ladies will do battle with Fermanagh. Both those games will be available to watch from home. Again, limited for attendance-wise, but tickets will be available. Keep an eye on social media outlets for all about that later in the week. And then I suppose it's the big one, Derek. It is the semi-final against Mayo. Not too many giving us a chance. But I think uh, we, Terry Highland, as we mentioned earlier, will be going into this game to show uh, with his side just exactly what they're made of. And uh, it remains to be seen how they get on at the weekend. Your final thoughts, I suppose, as we finish up the show, just on, uh, on what Leitrim's hopes are for this weekend going in. What would be deemed a success in your eyes? What would be deemed a success is uh, playing with playing with pride and leaving everything on the field that you're barely able to walk coming off the field, no matter what way what way it goes. If you have to run after six fellas, the ball been punched over your head, you keep going until you're not able to do it anymore. There's no feeling sorry for yourself. There's nothing. Leave everything on the field and look at Mayo or a top class outfit. We know that. And now look at it'll be probably <clears throat> one of the biggest upsets. In, in 100 years of GEA, if we bet them, to be honest, on, on Sunday. But if everybody leaves it on the field, um, that we're, that you can be proud walking off and people watching it. Because like, it's a delicate it's a delicate enough time 
um, to be playing Mayo. They're, they're, they're doing a little bit of restructuring. But the, the forwards that are scoring six to seven points a game, we don't have that. Do you know, that's the problem at the minute. And uh, I think that we're just not as, as, tightly, as tightly knit uh, group as we possibly could be. Um, it's been a hard year and a half for, for everybody and different people dealt with COVID and work situations and home situations in different ways. So we have different levels of, uh, we'll say, fitness or mental fitness as well. Mayo are always, they're, 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 they're really hot um, at coming in fit from their clubs or from their, as an individual, we, we've fallen back a little bit um, that we probably need more time to prepare for these games. But look at it, every every county team are in the same situation. Mayo, they, they can put up a massive score against us. So what we need, need to do is be thinking all the time, uh, make it as hard as possible for them everywhere, not sitting back, letting them run at us. If we sit back and just try and defend a goal, it'll open up at some stage and they could put in five or six goals past us so we need to go out and even if it's a false cockiness go out a little bit arrogant and give it to them don't let them that the Mayo players will be sore the next day and they'll realize they played against Leitrim not just walked in and went through the paces so look at it's kind of we need we need to start building um in Leitrim at the minute I suppose where we we got promotion we got relegation we got relegated after a fantastic year when we we're all in Crow Park the whole thing had changed but it's to try and stick to to have that memory as supporters as well in your head that we can actually do it. We just have to try and get all the variables that are out there and get them working together, along with committed families and players and clubs. Let's let's we a spade a spade. If if the clubs are um, if there's pressure coming on from clubs for players to leave an inter county setup for whatever reason, I think that's unacceptable. To be honest, um, I know it probably would have happened over the years but uh players need to stand up and go listen we don't we don't bow out we actually stand by it and as long as i can there's a breath in my body i'll stand up for leitrim for myself family parish all all of that sort of stuff we're just lacking that at the minute so maybe we need to hopefully to be a couple of leaders that we might see um coming and standing up and showing us what they're made of against mayo because back in the day you wanted to play against the best it was the only way to learn and you learn from your mistakes so every time you walk off the field, you walk out with your head high, you win or lose, because you know you've left Everton on the field. That's what we're going to have to do on Sunday, to be within an arse's roar, to be honest. We call the spade a spade. They're a top two or top three team in the country, and we're we're back at the Division 4, lightering around the bottom three or four. So it's something, if you can if you can bring something out of it. The Antrim game, we had a 20 minutes that rose rose the hearts of the supporters looking at it going you know we don't give up so that's one thing to bring to it there'll be 20 players used and you can be whatever you want in that football field and something you can feel sorry for yourself by playing against mayo or you can go out and get them butterflies and turn them into um turn them into the tiger inside you and let loose and show what we're made of as individuals so that's really we'll, we'll see the mental toughness and how we conduct it on um on sunday you know Absolutely, I suppose one of four championship teams over the next week representing the county. The best luck to all. We'll be back with you next week. Talk to you then.